1: Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 Colorado Avalanche post-game coverage continues now. This is Between the Pipes. Brought to you by Carrier Colorado. The experts in heating, cooling, and indoor air. Now, let's go Between the Pipes with Alex ryan and Mark Springer on Denver's official home for Avs hockey. Altitude Sports Radio
0: 92.5 A hey to McKinnon. In the neutral zone. McKinnon brings it in. Cross the Coyote's line, cuts to the middle, McKinnon holding. Now works high in the zone, doing the weave with Kale McCarr. He'll bail back to center, Mosher is gassed. McKinnon knows it too, he's trying to get Mosher to bail to try and make a change so the Avalanche can get an odd man rush. Kale McCarr will bring it in himself, McCarr, toe drag, backhander, he scores! Oh, hell, hell. And you don't have to go home. you can't stay here because this party is over. Kale McCarr gets his fifth game winning goal of the season. And with 3.22 to go in overtime, Colorado is able to complete the comeback. McKinnon ties it in the second and Kale McCarr wins it in overtime. Final score from Ballarin in downtown Denver, Colorado. Avalanche 3 and the Coyotes
2: 2. That's two points. That is two points right there. I don't care what way you slice it. That is two points. It's Between the Pipes, Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5. Mark Springer here with you alongside Dan Tanner. I got Dan Tanner with me. This evening, I don't know where Raj is. I think he's in New York or something. Or I was going to try and
3: do a, like an impression of Raj, but I, I, I just, you know, hey, everyone. Welcome to Between the Pipes. I'm Alex and Emmy.
2: <laughs> What's going on with my, uh, there's my headphones. Yeah, spot on. Spot on Raj impression right Thank there. Thank you. Yeah, nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Uh, Kale McCarr, your game-winning goal in overtime. Uh, Dan, the Avs had 18 shots on goal in the third period, the Coyotes. You want to take a guess? You want to take a guess? How many shots on goal? Well, you... I already know. What is it? Zero. Zero.
3: Nada. <laughs> I don't. I, have the Avs ever done that in their franchise history? in, in the third period, not a, giving up one shot
2: on net. It's a good question. That's a good question. I don't think
3: they. Ha- I don't think they've ever done that.
2: I mean, an eighteen to zero ratio is. That's elite right there. And then the Avs had two shots in overtime. The Oats also uh, stuck with the theme. They had zero shots in overtime, um, kale McCarr that game winner. And you know, it's interesting because, and I tweeted this out. I thought that Sam Girard was, I'll go even like by far the Avs' best defenseman in this game, five shots on goal, a really nice defensive sequence in the middle part of this game where he kind of on a back check prevents a, a rush from the coyotes all by his little five foot nine self, just Sam by himself, making a defensive play. And then on the rush, the other way, Sam had a had one of his five shots on goal, and he was buzzing all night. He was, by my account, not just the best Avs defenseman of the night, but by far. And then Cale McCarr, who also did have five shots on goal, though he wasn't popping as much as Sam was. At least I thought so. Uh, then Cale stole the honors at the last possible minute. Like, that's like being up 15... In the final 90 seconds of one of these college basketball semifinals today and blowing it. That's what or really Sam didn't blow anything. Kale just stole that thing. Kale just absolutely stole the honors of best defenseman of the game. That was the best goal he scored since the Chicago overtime winner. Remember that one? Oh, how could I forget? It's the greatest goal I've ever seen
3: minus the Alex Ovechkin on the ice goal. You Alex know, Ovechkin on the ice goal. Like when he was literally laying on the ice and had the stick behind his head. Sure, sure, squ- sure. It's okay. the greatest goal in hockey history, Spring.
2: Okay. okay. But this- Kale's is second. Okay, yeah, and this one tonight was, this was pretty good too. I don't think it was as, as good as the Chicago one, but this one was pretty good. That one was pretty dirty. That's why, you know, you're glad Kale is on your side. You know, lest we forget, this is still a team that features Kale McCarr who had the game-winning goal, Nathan McKinnon, who's red hot right now, his 28th goal of the season, game time goal in the second period on the power play. Beautiful snapshot goal in the, in the slot. He's had a few of these recently. That wrist shot, mm. he, I mean, honestly, thinking
3: about this, going back to his early days in his career, he had a really good wrist shot. But you can tell he's really put the work in on that thing. I mean, he's got one of the filthiest wristers
2: in all of the NHL now. And his, foot, his footwork, too. Yeah. like to get all, himself a little space. Up. Yes. It all and lines up. Deke, perfectly. It's very subtle Deeks that he throws in such tight quarters to give himself the opening and to open his own hips up. And then he puts it as top shelf, right side inside the crossbar as you could ask for. I mean, perfect placement on that shot. So, I mean, who are the apps three best players right now? Is it Nathan McKinnon? Is it kale McCarr? Is it the third goal score, a.k.a. the first goal score tonight? Is Dennis Morgan the Avs' third best player right now?
3: Don't be ridiculous. Hey.
2: Come on. I think the Avs' three best players all scored today. Are you talking about today's game or overall? Overall. Came, and, what a co- and what a coincidence that all three <laughs> scored today.
3: Look, I, Morgan's been playing great. And, uh, you know, what a pickup by the Avs. But, come on, it's Miko, Kale, Nathan McKinnon. And I will say... Although the last couple of games, he hasn't popped as much for me. But Bowen Byram, since he's come back from his injury, I think has played very well defensively. He's been good at decision making as far as when he jumps up into the play. I know all the defensemen on the Avs have the green light, but I think he's been very smart defensively. And he's been smart picking his spots to jump into the rush on the offensive end, too.
2: Yeah. Bo hasn't played much over the past few years, played late in the year last year and was really good in the playoffs. And, and you've seen when he's healthy, the talent that he is. And, you know, that's kind of the thing about the Avs and really any team as they progress over the years, you're always going to need new guys to step up. Bo has absolutely stepped up when he's played this year, guys to ascend to outplay what they were. And right now, Dennis Mulligan's another one of those guys, Uh, four goals, or excuse me, three goals in his last four games, Uh, He's got that goal scorers touch. I completely understand why Joe Sackick went and got him in the trade with Toronto for Dryden hunt. Like even at the time I was like, that's a nice move. That's I, I didn't realize Dennis Morgan was back in the NHL, but I also didn't realize he was still 26 years old. And I remember him several years ago with the Florida Panthers. He's only 26 right now is Dennis Morgan. In fact, let me confirm that. Let me confirm that I have that age, right? Because I hate giving out, Uh, fake news, even though it's a very inconsequential one. Yes, 26 years old, Dennis Mulligan. So, you know, a guy who was playing in his early 20s, playoff hockey with the Panthers. Sometimes you lose it a little bit. You got to go play in Switzerland. Joe Sackick, his staff, great scouting. It extends to the European leagues. And they saw, hey, Dennis Mulligan's getting his game back. And you got to love stealing him from the Maple Leafs. You got to love that.
3: By the way, um, not to switch the subject or anything, but the Oilers were up 3-1 on the Maple Leafs. They, the Maple Leafs scored four goals in the second period and took a 5-3 lead into the the dressing room. So good news for the Avs because the Oilers could be potentially a team that they could be battling for that you know first or second wild card spot.
2: Mm, absolutely. That is classic Oilers right there. All right, let's not get a couple of phone calls here on the Colorado Discount Heating and Cooling Hotline 303. 303- Five zero hadn't even given out the number and we got a couple calls let's start with devin you're on between the pipes how you doing devin
1: yeah guys um just want to quickly say um i think the Avs need to get a spark they
2: need they're missing their vocal leader and their captain right now i can tell by all their slow starts they need somebody to get get them going and bring that juice right from the get-go I appreciate the call there, Devin. Uh, Yeah, it was a slow start. It absolutely was. At the end of the game, though, they outshoot the Yotes 38 to 21. Dominate the, excuse me, 44 to 20. Wrong column there. 44 to 20. They outshot him. Uh, And obviously 20 to nothing in the final two frames. One frame in one minute and 38 seconds. That's what overtime was. Um, Yeah, slower start. But I had said this. At the end of last show, previewing this game, the, the Oats are like better than the Sharks, for example, who the Avs just whoop 6-0. I said, this was going to be tougher. This is not San Jose. Like Arizona, even though they did trade a Jacob Chikrin to Ottawa, they did not trade Nick Schmaltz, who had a good game. You know, Arizona is actually kind of fairly well set up for the coming years. Like they... Man, they were talking today on the broadcast. They have like 37 draft picks in the next three years Mm -hmm. with some young talent on the team, like a Clayton Keller who played well today. Um, I mentioned Nick Schmaltz and give it up for Connor Ingram, the Yotes goaltender today. I was talking about him recently in terms of if the Avs wanted to acquire a backup goalie, looking at other teams backups who you can maybe get for cheap. And i have noticed how Connor Ingram has been playing well this season. We remember him from the Nashville series um, where they have swept him last year, but I thought Connor played well in that series. I thought Connor Ingram was good in this game today. I'll, I'll tip my cap to the Yotes. They played a solid game, but they didn't have a single shot on goal late. The right team won for sure.
3: Yeah. Connor Ingram was the best player on the ice for the coyotes today. Absolutely. Um, but the defensive structure, I thought, was amazing in the third period. Coach Bednar kind of mentioned that after the game. They cleaned things up. And hopefully that spring, that's a sign moving forward that the Abs have sort of figured it out on the defensive end a little bit more as they start to get healthy on the back end. So, yeah, uh, the defense in that third period and in overtime was absolutely fantastic.
2: Yeah, and what I liked in that third period, too, is Jared Bednar did notice that Sam Gerrard was playing really well because we got a lot of Sam and Kale together in the third. And I liked seeing those two play together. They were, they were dangerous in that third period. Sammy played well in this game. And obviously Kale had the sick OT winner. Uh, Tyler, we'll take your call before we hit a break here on between the pipes. How you doing Tyler?
1: Good boys. How you doing tonight? Doing great. Hey, so I just, you know, I call in all the time uh, talking about the goalies and I want to touch on Georgievs tonight. Um, I just think that, you know, that one save, I believe it was on Keller. Uh, where he just robbed him in the glove in the second period. I think that that changed the whole momentum, honestly. Um, you know, they the Avs got caught in a couple of bad changes, and he uh, he he stepped up to the plate, and he's honestly been one of the best, you know, top five players for the Avs last few games, I think.
2: I uh, absolutely agree. Thank you for the call, Tyler. I thought Yorgiev was good again. I thought he was good against L.A. despite the loss. thought he had some big saves in that game. Thought it was just the skaters in front of him that were a little flat. Doc Georgiev picked up right where he left off. Thought he was good again today. Um, And this, to me, Dan, is a goaltender who can win a cup. Not saying he will, but he can.
3: I mean, honestly, and this is no slight to Darcy Kemper. But in my opinion, the Avs made an upgrade in net. And if they made an upgrade in net, Georgiev is a guy that, to me, can win the, the Avs. A couple of games, maybe even a series in the playoffs. I think he has that type of ability. Whereas Darcy Kemper was, and again, I'm not it's not a slight to Darcy, but I don't think Darcy Kemper the Avs really counted on him going out to win a series or even win a steal a game for the Avs in the playoffs. I think Georgiev is talented enough to do that.
2: Agreed. I think Georgiev has the talent to steal you a game. Where and, and I agree, Dan. I don't think that Darcy Kemper necessarily Stole the abs any games certainly down the stretch. He was good enough when he needed to be good enough. But Georgiev, I also think is 26 years old. I mean, right in the prime of his career, Uh, 27 actually on Georgiev. And yeah, he's... He's got all the potential in the world. Um, one thing I didn't mention after the the Kings game that I noticed during that game, you know, he had some great sequences in that game as well. There was a sequence on Victor Arvidsson where he stuck out a pad on a second attempt from Arvidsson. That was real cat-like reflexes with the right pad. Uh, he had a save on a breakaway uh, from uh, who was it? Uh, I can't remember the Kings player it was on a, it was on a shorthanded breakaway um, and Beautiful save by Georgiev. And it might have been after that one that he just started pounding his stick on the ice, encouraging his teammates in front of him. Let's go, boys. Let's go. And I don't see that a lot from not, not even just Avs goaltenders, but goaltenders around the league. You got to be confident. You got to feel yourself to kind of. It's like Dan in basketball when you slap the hardwood. That's a cocky move if you're slapping the hardwood on defense. You know what I'm saying? Um, Giorgiev's got that confidence. He'll slap that stick on the ice. He's got an edge to him. Let's go.
3: I mean, putting your hand on a guy's throat is a pretty
2: good sign of confidence too. (laughs) Like Michael Porter Jr. That was dope though. Zach Collins. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break here. Um, more between the pipes on the other side. We got a quick one tonight because we got the Rapids and the San Jose earthquakes pregame coverage coming up top of the hour, uh, kickoff. Right around 8.30. Uh, so we got to fly through this final half hour here. As the Avs in overtime beat the Coyotes 3-2. to It's Between the Pipes on Altitude Sports Radio.
1: Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Avs postgame continues. Good job, boys. Brought to you by Carrier Colorado. The experts in heating, cooling, and indoor air. You're Between the Pipes.
0: Both fourth lines on the ice currently, one by Newhook. Back for Brad Hunt, he'll sky at the center. He goes past Yusof Alamaki, picked up by Newhook. He scores! Beg your pardon, reverse that. It's Dennis the Menace! Mulgan has three goals in his last four games, and at the exact two-minute mark of the first period, Colorado has a one nothing lead.
2: Dennis freaking Morgan. Dennis Morgan. I love this guy. Dan, I think is he is day one?
3: Is he your day one? Oh, spree? he's
2: absolutely much like Valerie Nachushkin Now they're different type of players. They're absolutely different type of players, but much like the Avs and Joe Sackick plucked Valeria Nichushkin out of the abyss. And keep that in mind with the Dallas Stars, too. Never forget that the Dallas Stars gave up on Valeria Nichushkin. They should pay for that sin forever. So keep that in mind. I mean, they kind of already have, right? Well, he's got a cup with another team. And hey, if the Avs and Stars are to meet in the playoffs, and even if this is a game seven in Dallas, still, I hope that Nichushku, Nichushkin. I was going to say, I was going to mix it there. Let me start over. I hope that <laughs> I hope that choo choo juju <laughs> rubs off poorly on Dallas.
3: Yeah, well, the ABS are going to need it too because the Stars are uh, taking on the Kraken tonight, which should be an interesting game. I'm, we're going to be keeping an eye on that because, look, Spring, let's be honest here. As much as the Avs have been struggling as of late, they have just as good a chance as any other team in the Western Conference to come out on top. 100% they do Like because that's it's what's so crazy because it's
2: not like, like okay think of the abs in the west last season there's no abs in the west this season Vegas isn't that Dallas isn't that we know Edmonton's not that even though there's talent on that team and yet the abs still have McKinnon and McCarr they're as dangerous a team as any in the west as dangerous as any
3: I mean there's Ye- six points back out of first place behind Vegas and LA Um, and they also have two games in hand on L.A. and a game in hand on Vegas. Well, they'll have two again because Vegas is actually playing right now.
2: You you know what I was thinking today, too, because it's college basketball championship Saturday. Some finals today. Just watched the Big East final a little while. I was watching that Avs game. Uh, Big 12 final today. Got more finals. Big 10 tomorrow. Tomorrow selection Sunday. This time of year, this tournament time of year, you just can't count out. A Duke in the ACC tournament. They look like they're on the way to the ACC finals, even though they kind of had an okay season. You, you, you can't, how many years were Michigan State like a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament, but Tom Izzo would just freaking get him to the Sweet 16? Jim Bayheim, who just retired with Syracuse. Sometimes those teams, when it comes tourney time, they just turn it on. For years, now go back to the NHL with like the Pittsburgh Penguins. Their cup wins were somewhat spread out, but in that window year after year, if you drew the penguins in a playoff matchup, you knew that's going to be tough. And that's what the abs are right now. I don't care where they are in the standings. They are a tough draw for anybody in the playoffs. Yeah.
3: I mean, Washington might have another ring or two. If it wasn't for the Pittsburgh penguins, they always seem to get matched up in the playoffs and Crosby to his credit would always, for the most part would come out on top with his rivalry with Alex Ovechkin. But you're right, Spring, and look, the Avs know how to win. They know what it's going to take come playoff time to win games. Um, I think the big question that a lot of Avs fans are wondering about right now, we're wondering about, the team is wondering about, what's going to be the status of Gabriel Landeskog? Because he is the guy in the locker room that calms things down. Nathan McKinnon, I'm talking to you. He's that voice in the locker room, that steadying, calm voice for the Avalanche. Man, it's Tyler asked us on our uh, midday show. Can the Avalanche win a Stanley Cup without Gabriel
2: Landeskog? I asked this to Raj recently, too.
3: What did you say? I'm, I'm curious. To they hear what
2: can. You um, I, you know, Raj said, because I asked him and he said, look, they can win the West without Gabe either, but it, that would even be tough. That's going to be tough but this team is still good and deep enough. I mean, look at the freaking talent on this roster even without Gabe. Um, to me, a 7-game series is largely a crap shot across the board. And there's enough talent where the Avs can do it, but I don't think it's realistic to expect that. It would be it would be rather underdoggy if the if the Avs could win the cup without Gabe. Like yes. that would be a true underdog story. Not saying they can't do it.
3: Yeah, I don't I agree, but I think it makes it exponentially tougher for the Avs to even get out of the West, like you said, Spring, without Gabriel Landeskog. And I just don't know, without Gabe in there, if the lineup is, the forward group is deep enough come playoff time.
2: Yeah, I I don't disagree, but again, the good news is the West is winnable. And because they've competed with Vegas, they just beat Vegas recently. They competed with Dallas. They they beat Edmonton down three nothing. They've done all this without Gabe. Like they can hold their own in the West without Gabe. So I could see them winning the wet winning the West. Not saying they will. I could see it. And then when you get to the Cup Finals, even if it's Mighty Boston, who's the fastest team in NHL history to fifty wins, it's a seven game series. Anything can happen. Obviously, like if you don't have Gabe and you somehow make it to the to the finals, Boston's going to be a solid favorite. Yeah. In that Cup final. But think of that, too, how Boston's the fastest team in NHL history to 50 points and, like, how good the Avs were last year. And I don't think anybody saw this coming from Boston. This is stupid.
3: No, I mean, Boston, if you look at their core, you got Patrice Bergeron, Marchand, uh, I mean, David Pasternak is just an absolute stud for them. I got to say, though, Spring, I'm not buying the Bruins. Like, I don't know what it – I don't have any solid reasoning for this. I'm just not buying it. I think they're going to be one of those – Great regular season teams, and I could see them getting bounced in the second round.
2: I'm just not buying them. Yeah, you look at, at the Bruins roster on paper. It's the same roster they've had for years, essentially. I mean,
3: if you had, like, the Lightning versus the Bruins in a playoff series in the East this season, I'm picking the Lightning
2: to win that series. I could absolutely see it. I absolutely could. Yeah, I... Either way, I'm, I'm happy to let everybody tear themselves to pieces in the East. Yeah, the East is going to be just a bloodbath in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Um, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break here because we got to fly through this show. we got Rapids and San Jose Earthquakes. MLS pregame coverage coming up at 8. Uh, Dan and I will give you our final thoughts on the other side. It is Between the Pipes on Altitude Sports Radio.
1: Altitude Sports Radio 925. Av's post-game continues. Good job, boys. Brought to you by Carrier Colorado, the experts in heating, cooling, and indoor air. You're between the pipes.
0: Alamaki has it knocked away from him by O'Connor, and he'll golf it down ice for the Avalanche. That was a good ping for Colorado. They're changing. Now it's a two-on-one on the power play down low. Goal! Save made by Georgiev! Oh my goodness me! Have no fear, Georgie's here.
2: Connor McGehee going like evil, muhaha Laugh there. It's because Joe Sakic's an evil genius who has Alexander Georgiev signed like three and a half million dollars for the next three years. Welcome back between the pipes, Alexander G- Georgiev, your winning goaltender. This. Afternoon slash evening uh, as the Avs beat the Coyotes three to two in overtime. Georgiev didn't have to do a single thing, though, in the third or in overtime. Uh, no shots against him as the Avs really tightened things up there late. Uh, Avs get two points. The Yotes get a point. I wonder what they'll do with that point.
3: Well, they're getting further and further out of the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. I know that Are you look if you're a Coyotes fan right now, you want to rack up. As few points as possible, because you have a generational prospect coming into the draft this year in Connor Bedard. Um, yeah, so if you're a Yotes fan, getting this extra point today's got to be uh, not too happy for them.
2: Maybe that's why they didn't have a single shot on goal in the third <laughs> N.O.T. OT. They're like, ah, crap. What have we done? Well, Connor Ingram made 18 saves in the third period. So uh, he wasn't. He went. Uh, he went. Lovey Smith on them. And Davis Mills, the whole reason the Texans didn't get the first overall pick.
3: Oh, I forgot about Con- Connor that. Connor
2: Ingram went rogue in this one, making the saves that they didn't want him to make. Yeah, he's benched for the rest of the year after because he was too good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you listen? We're trying to suck today. Um, Some some things I noticed um, in this game, and, and one, one thing I do want to say, I wonder, if Jared Bednar, are you listening to the show? Did you listen to me? On Thursday night, because I said, hey, rough loss to the Kings. Maybe it's time to put M- Ranton back up on the top line with McKinnon, like for good. He'd mix them in over the past few weeks, but it'd been mostly Miko on the second line with McKinnon on the top line. McKinnon had played mostly with the and Lesh And I and I said, Dan, I said, not only did I say put Rantanen up back up with McKinnon, I said, put Rodriguez up with them. And that's exactly what they did. And I said, do the second line. Comfer, Nachushkin, Lekanen. That's exactly Mm. what they did. So, hey, either great minds think alike or Jared Bednar is checking out the show. I love it. Um, Also, I would like to see more of Newhook, Mulgan, Nieto. That's kind of their fourth line or was their fourth line today with Eller, Cogliano, O'Connor being more of their third line. Certainly when you look at the time on ice, that's how it played out. I'd maybe like to see Morgan Newhook Nieto as the third line getting a little more minutes. I like that line a lot today, but here's the good news with Lars Eller. First multi-shot game for him as an avalanche. Yes, in his first six games today was the first of those six where he had more than one shot on goal. And he was 50% in the face-off circle. one four, lost four. Hey, that's progress. Well, look, let's
3: be a little pa- patient with Lars Eller. Um, going to the Avalanche in the middle of the season has to be a really tough assignment for any player. With the speed they play at, adjusting to that, adjusting to the skill that the Avalanche top players bring out on the ice, that's got to be a very difficult transition for any player, especially if you're you know, at the center position like Lars is, is slated into. So... Give him a little bit more time. I know he hasn't been super overwhelming by any means, but I think Avs fans will come to appreciate Lars Ellers once, once he gets sort of caught up to speed a little bit spring.
2: No, you're, you're, you're right about that. I mean, Washington does not have the speed that the Avs do. And then, you know, certainly the line that he plays on with Cogliano and O'Connor, those guys have good speed and they hunt, they forecheck. You got to play fast with those two. And maybe Lars Ellers adjusting a little bit to that. Logan O'Connor, had a good look in the slot in the middle portion of this one. Good feed from Cogliano. Just couldn't bury it. Uh, I'd like to see that go down, but maybe it's just a matter of time until that OC, Cogsy, and what is he? LZ? Eller, Ellery? Ellery? Larzy. There it Lar-Z. is. Larzy. There Lar-Z. you go. You found it. There it is. All right. Um, Avs win 3 2 in overtime. One final timeout. Then we're going to wrap things up and get you set for the Colorado Rapids, and the San Jose Earthquakes, Major League Soccer, pregame coverage at 8, right here on Altitude Sports Radio.
1: Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Avs postgame continues. Good job, boys. Brought to you by Carrier Colorado, the experts in heating, cooling, and indoor air. You're Between the Pipes.
0: Uh, Lincoln, now McKinnon, top of the near circle, McKinnon holding. He scores! The Mac attack is back, Jack! It's a power play goal, and there's a new record. Nathan McKinnon has scored in nine straight home games. Nobody else in team history has done that. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, this is a tie hockey game.
2: I swear when it's all said and done, I mean the records that these dudes are going to hold is it's just going to be stupid like Just going down the list of all the records they could break I wouldn't have thought of consecutive home games scoring a goal But but that's a thing that happened today. Nathan McKinnon passing Joe Sackick and Michelle Goulet Robert Goulet And they had eight now McKinnon has nine, nine straight games in which um, nine straight home games in which Nathan McKinnon has scored a goal. Yeah, he's been red hot of late. He, he's he been red hot. You know, Miko Rantanen's has had a great season, but you know, Nate's just showing or he's showing why he's the best player on this team, the best forward on this team. Uh, it's what he does. It's just absolutely what is what he does. His 28th goal of the season. And uh, Kale McCarr today broke the franchise record for career overtime goals with his fifth by a defenseman and ties the franchise record for career game winning goals by a defenseman. Tyson Berry he had 18. Kale now has 18. Uh, he was tied with Tyson Berry for the OT winners. Mark. Um, so Kale passed Tyson there and he'll inevitably pass and shatter Every single one of Tyson Berry's records, John Michael Lyle's records, they're gonna get shattered by Kale McCarr. And shout out to Brenda McNicholas, uh, ABS PR, great with that note right there. Yeah, Kale McCarr with as good of a goal as you'll see, harkening back to the one he scored in Chicago a couple years ago, going backhand side there. Uh, his handles are nice, real nice. Um, and before we get out of here, you know, some texts have come in on the shop Mazda text line. Uh, Steven says, I don't think the Abs are deep enough to win the cup this year. Landy is needed. If you need to fill that number two center spot, uh, well JT's the second line center. Landy might take some draws, but he doesn't really play center. Uh, Steven says, I'm thinking second round exit for right now. Uh, this texture says, Hey, spring pure talent doesn't matter in the playoffs. They're struggling. Against inferior teams, I know some people will look. Like, oh, you! It took overtime to beat the Coyotes. Wins a win. The Oats had won a couple in a row recently, six-two. I know over St. Louis. Um, that's not a pushover team. Very few teams in this league are pushovers. Even Chicago, since trading Patrick Kane, has been competitive. This league is tough. I'll take the two points. I'll take the win on any given night. Oh, and the main thing I wanted to mention, like the Avs are still really solid favorites to win the West. Really solid. Plus 275 to win the the West. Edmonton and Vegas each plus 500. Dallas plus, plus 600. Are they going to win the West? No. I know you, select fans listening, might be a little concerned, but there's a lot of people who are not as concerned as you are. Uh, next up for the Avs, Monday night, they start their four game East Coast Northeast road trip in Montreal against the Canadians. That's going to be sneaky tough, especially in that belt, in that building, the Bell Center. It gets loud. And Montreal's an okay young team led by a Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield. You can't sleep on that one at Toronto on Wednesday. Next night in Ottawa on Thursday. That's a tough back-to-back Saturday in Detroit. That's a tough road trip. Warn you guys now, that is a tough road trip. If the Avs could split points on that road trip, I'd be happy. I know some might say, oh, Montreal's down there in the Atlantic. They're better than you think they are, especially in that building. And that'll be Monday night, 4.30 pregame. But coming up next, we have... Pre-game coverage of the Rapids and the San Jose Earthquakes. Colorado Rapids soccer is next on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Good night, everybody.
1: This has been Between the Pipes, Colorado Avalanche post-game show. That's just magnificent. With Alex Ryanemi and Mark Springer. Brought to you by Carrier Colorado, the experts in heating, cooling, and indoor air. On Denver's official home for Avs hockey. Altitude Sports Radio. Sound the
0: horn. 92.5.